Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Good morning, Crossview Church. Happy Easter. He is risen. I can just hear you saying, He is risen indeed, in your reply, at your home, wherever you are. And I hope that your heart is as exciting is, is as excited as mine is this morning. Uh, to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And I, I don't know where you find yourself this morning uh, emotionally. You know, of all of the Sundays that we've had together online, this one might feel uh, like the most odd, right? Aren't we supposed to be together on Easter? Aren't we supposed to be having some food together or looking for eggs together or whatever it is? You know, Addison said to us the other day, hey, Dad, is Easter still going to be as fun this year? <laughs> And in my heart, I say, yes, it is. And I hope that you experience that too. You know, if you're with us this morning, if you're joining with us, if you're participating here, then I want to say that you're in the right place. If you're one of the thousands upon thousands of people who are getting online and looking for answers this morning, then you've come to the right spot. And I truly believe that you are here this morning participating with us because you're supposed to be. And I hope you hear that. It's no accident um, that you're here and we have been praying for you a lot this past week. In fact, I really believe that God is going to do amazing things in our heart and mind. Maybe he already has through our time of, of worship. But I want to say get ready and it's exciting. And I also want to say right from the beginning that there's going to be lots of opportunity for you to give your heart to Jesus this morning, whether it's for the first time or a recommitment. If you're on our website, there's a button that you can click. Sometimes that might feel weird, but there's a button you can click that lets us know that you've done that. Click that button. If you're joining us on Facebook, then send us a private message or say something in the comments. But this morning is all about celebrating what Jesus has done for us. And I want to encourage you to respond to his leading in your heart. And here's why. Let's start with the song that we sang this morning. I encourage you to go look it up. It's called His Mercy Is More by Shane and Shane. It's an incredible song. I've been listening to it for months and months. But it says this. We sang this. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morning, our sins they are many, yet his mercy is more. Like I said, I've been listening to that song a lot lately, and what I love about it is that it completely captures the heart of why we're here today. It completely captures the heart of the Easter message. And here is, it's, this is so true, that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you've been running from God all of your life. It doesn't matter if you knew him once and you've turned away. It doesn't matter what you've done. We recognize that our sins are many, but his mercy is more. That's the heart of the gospel, the crux of the good news. It's powerful. It's freeing. God is forgiving, and it's a wonderful message. So have you ever wondered how God can rewrite your life and give you purpose and meaning? These may be questions that you're asking in these days. How is it that God's mercy is more? And uh, even in the midst of all of our sin, how is it that the person of Jesus sets us free from our sin? And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Like many of you, uh, I grew up in church uh, growing up in church, what we, we called what we do on a weekly basis, our, our worship service. In fact, we still do. 
uh, even though we're doing this online, it's still our worship service together. Worship at a very basic level. It's a pretty easy idea to get our hearts and our minds around because we do it a lot. Worship at its most basic level is to recognize something's worth. Now, the Bible has a lot more to say about worship. It's not only that, and I can't wait to talk with you about that at some point, but at a very basic level, worship is about ascribing worth to something. It means worth-ship. And it's, uh, it's what we humans do when it comes to our relationship with God. We recognize God's worth. But the interesting thing about human beings is that we have been worshipers from the very beginning of time. That from the very beginning of time, whenever tribes got, or groups of people or families got together, uh, we, humanity instinctively kind of looked up and they thought that there was something that was bigger out there and that that something that was bigger must have had some kind of control over what was happening around them. So they looked to the gods uh, to send rain uh, for victory in battle, to make sure that their children were born healthy. They were always trying to figure out this magic combination of how to get the gods to play along with human desires. In other words, how does one, God, how does one get the favor of God? So, over time, worship for ancient people, people was revolved around the idea of getting God's attention by recognizing their worth through offering them something of value. We know that as a sacrifice. In ancient times, and we all know this, people would sacrifice all kinds of things. They would sacrifice uh, animals and grain, their labor, a lot of different things to try and get the attention of God. The thought was that the more valuable the thing, the greater the chance they could get God's attention and then get them to do what they wanted. So ultimately, for a lot of people, historically, sacrifice was essentially a bribe. But not for the ancient Jewish people. That relationship, that for Jewish worship, was quite a bit different from everyone else around them. It was similar in terms of the fact that it included sacrifice, but the why they sacrificed was very different from the nations around them. And this is so important for us to understand. Sacrifice for the ancient Jewish people was not a bribe. Now hang in there with me. We've got to get this. This is so key. Jewish people were not trying to bribe God into doing something for them because they had something the surrounding nations did not have. They had a covenant. They had an ongoing, already established relationship with God. This covenant or this special relationship was one that God had uh, actually initiated with the nation through this guy named Moses. And we've, uh, we find this in Deuteronomy 28, 9 through 10. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. Essentially, God is saying, I will be your God and you will be my people. Okay, so if you're already my people, you don't have to bribe me. Isn't that amazing? This is essentially what God's saying. You are in it with me already, but I'm going to give you a written law, he said, so that you will know what I expect and you will know how to treat each other. 
So in essence, God gave them a law, the Ten Commandments, uh, and said, let me clarify some expectations for you. I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people, but I have some expectations for you. Now, the interesting thing is that the law that God established with Israel, it was remarkable. It was way ahead of its time and it was brilliant. It actually taught the Jewish people how to treat others, others around them, how to treat foreigners, how to treat their servants, how to treat each other, and so on. And this set them apart from all the surrounding nations. Yahweh, the one true God of the Bible, was concerned with the relationship between him and his people. And he was concerned with the hearts of those people. In other words, he was concerned with their character or who they were becoming. So for all other nations, sacrificing to the gods was about getting their attention. These other gods didn't care how you treated your wife or your husband or your kids or, or the foreigner or a servant or a slave. But with God, with Yahweh, he was different. He could not and he would not be bribed. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was driven by an ongoing loving relationship between himself and humanity, and he wanted to put that on display. Isn't that great? He would not be bribed. So Israel's sacrificial system wasn't designed to keep God happy. Israel's sacrificial system was, uh, it existed for a very different reason. It was designed, and this is so big, don't miss this. This is key to understanding who Jesus was. It was designed to make atonement, atonement for our sin. This is something that nobody else in the ancient world understood because their approach to God was so different. The word atonement, if you look it up, uh, the English word actually means, and you can figure this out even by looking at it, it actually means at one meant atonement. In other words, atonement was all about making reconciliation or bringing together two parties and making relational peace between these two parties. Are you starting to see where this is going? This is incredible stuff. It's life-changing stuff. Atonement was about maintaining the special relationship between humanity and God. And here's the reality of our situation, and we all know this, that usually most of us don't tend toward holiness, do we? <laughs> maybe you're a super holy person, and if you're sitting next to uh, your spouse, then you can, you know, maybe they'll give you an honest answer. Maybe you think you're a super holy person, but most of us tend toward selfishness and an ego-centered life, my needs over everyone else's, even including God. And when we live in a way that doesn't line up with the heart of God or when we reject God entirely, that in essence is how we define sin. A state of being or a series of actions that are the opposite of what God wants for us, how he wants us to be and how he wants us to act. That's why this song that we sing today is so important. It's connecting these ideas that our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Sin in our life so drastically affects the ability to be in relationship with God. Something has to be done to fix that. That is what the sacrificial system, the worship practices of the Israelites was trying to do. Did you know that atonement uh, in Hebrew actually means to cover something? 
It means to cover something. So atonement in ancient times was to cover something bad, namely sin, with something good in order to maintain a relationship with God. Part of the Jewish worship uh, was sacrifice, but it wasn't to bribe God. It was to reconcile with God who had already made this covenant with his nation. This, this idea of atonement and cover starts all the way back at the beginning of the story with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, if you go back to Genesis, Adam and Eve, they had a choice. They were, God created them, put them in the world to be his representatives, to be his, his, the, those that ruled on his behalf. And he said, I'm going to trust you as long as you can follow these rules. You can do anything, but you can't eat of this one tree. And what did Adam and Eve do? They ate of the tree that they weren't supposed to. That trust relationship was broken with God. And now something had to be done. Adam and Eve realized that they were naked. They were filled with shame. And so what happened? From the very beginning, God took the skin of an animal and covered them up. Essentially, this is the beginning of the idea of the sacrificial system that uh, there was a cover that was provided so that Adam and Eve could maintain their relationship with God. And this developed into the way that the Israelites and the Jewish uh, lived in relationship with God, that they would, uh, they would sacrifice so that they could cover uh, their sin and maintain a relationship with God. This is incredibly powerful stuff. So Jewish people uh, offered sacrifices to attend for their, uh, atone for their personal sin, but then something unique would happen, something fabulous would happen once a year. Once a year, Jews from all over the nation, and in some cases all over the world, uh, they would gather, they would come to Jerusalem, and they would celebrate what was called the Day of Atonement. Now, the Day of Atonement, this was a very multifaceted festival. It was one of these gathering times together where they had lots of moving parts. But they would repent as a nation and ask God to forgive uh, their entire nation of all of its sin and ask for forgiveness, not just for individuals, but for everyone and for the whole, sin, uh, the whole nation. At one point in the festival... The high priest or the pastor of the nation uh, would place both of his hands uh, on the head of a goat. And this was a symbolic way of saying, I am now placing all of the sin of the nation onto this goat. And then someone would be assigned at that point to lead the goat down these stairs into the valley, through the streets, um, uh, outside the village, outside the gate walls, and they would take that animal out into the wilderness about as far as they could uh, and they would abandon it. And this was a symbolic way of saying that God has literally taken their sins away, has removed it from us as far as the east is from the west, right? We know that from scripture. He's taken this, though sin is taken into the wilderness and is now forgotten and they are free of their sin for one year. (laughs) And then the following year, they would have to repeat the whole thing again. It's a temporary cover, allowing them to be in relationship with God, right? It's a cover followed by a cover, followed by a cover, followed by a cover. So Jewish worship was essentially a temporary fix for a problem that required an ultimate solution. 
But Jewish worship pointed to what God was up to in the world, and that's why we have so much hope. This Jewish worship pointed to the time when God would finally bring the ultimate solution. And why? Because we know the character and the nature of our God, that our sins, though they are many, his mercy is more. And so we fast forward from the Old Testament to the New Testament, where we see that something extraordinary happened. When God had things just the way that he wanted them, when everybody was leaning in and paying attention, uh, John the Baptist came and kind of riled everyone up. I, I encourage you to go read the story of John the Baptist. But when everyone was leaning in and paying attention, and John had everyone riled up just enough to notice what was happening... One afternoon, in the most dramatic, one of the most dramatic scenes in all of Scripture, John stops what he's doing, and he stares at the hill just above him and the crowd uh, that had gathered. And he pauses and he says, look, look, at last the Lamb of God. The lamb that God has provided. Remember the sacrificial system that they were used to. They'd sacrifice even prized lambs to cover their sin for a time. And John looks up and says, look, the lamb of God, the one that God has provided for our freedom. The lamb that comes from God, who has come to take upon himself and carry once and for all, not the sins of our nation, but to carry away the sins of the world. And Jesus comes walking down the hill. Look, the ultimate solution to our ultimate problem. He says, look, it's an ultimate fix. It's a permanent fix to our pathetic, sinful, and can't get it right condition. It's the final sacrifice. Jesus, the final sacrifice for our sin. Look, everything that we have lived for, everything that we have longed for is about to culminate in one person. You can just imagine what this must have been like, at least for John, as he's recognizing who it is that's coming down and walking, coming down the hill, walking toward them. And then maybe people are looking around like, that guy? Who is this? What are you talking about? We don't really understand And then years later, the author of Hebrews sums up the Jewish sacrificial system and why Jesus was so important to that. And he summed it up in Hebrews 10, 1 and 10. We're going to read this together. Encourage you to open your Bibles to that. Open up a tablet. It'll be on the screen here as well. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under the system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once and for all, of their, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sin year after year, For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. 
You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sins. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. First, Christ said, you do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second covenant into effect. For God's, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. We said it before when John said, look, the Lamb of God who comes to take upon himself and carry away once and for all the sin of the world. It's, that, that's not just for back then, that's for you too, right now, here today. Jesus was the ultimate solution for our ultimate problem, our sin, which broke our relationship with our creator. Something had to be done about our sin. And God longs to have this ongoing, loving relationship with each of us where we are formed and shaped into the people who reflect his love and his mercy. But rather than trying to let us figure it out, our God came down to us and he gave us the solution. Did you know that's one of the most unique, that's a unique aspect of Christianity that we don't have to ascend to God, but that he comes to us and shows us the way. What riches of kindness he's lavished on us. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. We stood beneath the debt that we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Sin would no longer have to be covered up. And I hope this is like goosebump time. I hope you have that. I'm, I feel that. <laughs> Sin would be forgiven once and for all. And rather than requiring something from us, God, through Jesus, gave something to us. He became the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb. He became that, that aspect of atonement that actually makes us one. He took our sin, the sin of the world, and it died with him on the cross when he was crucified. He would make it so that you and I could actually uh, fit in with the holy call that God has called us to. He gives us that way. And in the course of one afternoon, when Jesus died on the cross, the world changed forever. Your life changed forever. I want to encourage you, respond to maybe that, that pull of the Holy Spirit that God is drawing you to himself even right now as you're hearing these words. I really believe God is moving in hearts and minds right now. Everything changed because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, Christian worship would, know, uh, would now become a time to remember the sacrifice that has already been made on our behalf. See, we don't gather to call God down. We gather because God has already come down and has freely uh, given once and for all the sacrifice that we needed. No longer to be just covered up, but to be completely taken care of. And he didn't, he died on the cross with our sin, but he didn't stay in the grave. And that's what's so important for us today. Today is the day that we recognize and celebrate that God took our sin to the grave. It died with him. But Jesus, proving he is God, took his life up again. 
We find this in Mark 16, 2 through 7. Let's read it together. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. But when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed with white, with a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, and the angel said, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was sacrificed. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where his body lay. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. Isn't that amazing? Now, as we put our faith in the living Jesus, we too can have life that we were always intended for, a life in relationship with God, alive and free of our sin, free of our guilt, and full of life. That's what we celebrate today. So our worship today is a time of celebration, and it should be emotional. It should be filled with joy. It's why we sing. It's why the church has been singing and celebrating since its inception, since Jesus came, right? We just, we're, we have this experience of brand new life. It's why we sing and celebrate on Sunday, the first day of the week, because on the first day of the week is when Jesus rose from the dead. And we sang these lyrics just a minute ago. We're gonna sing them again as we end. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into the sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Praise the Lord. Isn't that such a, such a, it's such good news. Look, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Our Savior, our Redeemer, our friend, it's Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you today, in this moment, right now, just before I pray, uh, to give your heart to Jesus, to remember this message that you no long, we are no longer in a relationship where we have to work to cover our sin over and over again, but we have an ultimate solution. It's the person of Jesus who comes and takes away your sin, takes away your guilt, and now you can be in life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. He gives you purpose and peace. There's so many gifts and graces that God gives to us through his spirit. And all we have to do is receive those, to believe that Jesus is who he said he was, and to receive that by faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now, if there are people out there who are pulling or here are feeling that pull of the Holy Spirit, that tug to say, this is for me, that they will respond right now. And church, if you're hearing me, if you have been following Jesus already for some time, um, then I just pray, I ask that you pray with me right now, just this, this prayer that many people even in these days of uncertainty and fear will respond to the loving uh, acts and, and grace that we are given in Jesus Christ. 
I pray that people will find brand new life, that people will find peace and comfort. God, that we know that that doesn't mean that, that we won't suffer. It doesn't mean that life, will get, that life will always be easy, but it means that you'll be with us in the midst of all of that, that we can have a peace that goes beyond our understanding because you are with us. We know that. You came with, down to earth and were with us and provided for us. I pray that we just understand what that means and to respond to you today. God, we love you and we praise you. We celebrate your resurrection. Christ is risen, and that means something significant for us. We pray in your name, amen. Let's sing one more time this incredible song of praise as we end our time together.